The Colorado Sports Guys podcast is brought to you by the Denver Chop House. The Denver Chop House, located in the heart of lower downtown Denver at 18th and Wine Coop. Some people call that neighborhood Lodo because that's what actually everybody calls it. It's a great place. It's where everything's happening. Just a few blocks from Coors Field, which doesn't matter now, but it's also equally close to uh, the Pepsi Center, that wretched place where all these horrible teams play. You know what I'm talking about? Why go to the Pepsi Center when you can just go to the Denver Chop House to watch the game? Is that no, not good? Are you about to say something? The point is, get yourself a burger and some fries. <laughs> Belly up to the bar, have a house-brewed beer. Whatever it is, go to the Denver Chop House. They love us, we love you. Now enjoy the show. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there in Tangled in the Interwebs? We're back talking sports with me, as always, Ross, the Devil's Advocate, also Hipster's Glasses Martin. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, where the West lives. It lives on, and on, and on, and on, and on, and on. Making his way all and the on. way down here from Thornton, Colorado, the king himself, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm holding my mic like someone who's cool, and just for this podcast, because we're cool, and we're a cool podcast, so I, I, that's why I'm doing this. It's, 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 so it's an homage. Nobody knows how you're holding the mic. Yeah, but, see, that's the mystery, though. Because they could, I could make up who, how they think someone cool would hold the mic. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you were just ventilating the armpit. Ah, that too. I was like throwing a little old spice my way. Ooh, that is old spice it, ironically. I am wearing old spice. Yeah, I've been wearing old spice since before old spice was cool. I switched to degree. <laughs> That's what really I have. I have Old Spice and Degree in my house. I like degree, to have multiple choices. Degree is what? Oh, you should never switch. Oh, you gotta switch. No, no, no. You switch. Your body gets confused. And no, then, body likes you to change it up because it no, will just if, like a virus. You want to find it? If you want to build muscle, maybe you want to confuse the body. But if you just want to like maintain or limit or mitigate some perspiration, I mean, I understand Degree like turns it up when you're in, during your most stressful moments. Like it activates. Yes, you know, but maybe if you're switching it up a lot, maybe your body's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sweat until uh, the guy puts some old spice back. Well, it's just like a cold, right? Where if you you attack it with the same medicine all the time, your body figures out how to. That how to sounds about that. right. Moving on, though, can I ask you guys something real quick? You guys yes. use antiperspirant or just deodorant? I just do deodorant. How about you? I went to a slash antiperspirant slash deodorant. That's like the degree. It. Is that what degree is? Yeah. Is it, is Everybody it, does Can that. I ask this? Is it powdery or is it like a clear gel? I don't like the gels. The gel just feels like you're pouring water in your you don't like You don't like the gels? So you go with the powdery So you go with the powdery stuff. cakey shit? I, I don't do the powdery. I don't know. It's just like a regular thing. I don't that know. That stuff has like aluminum <laughs> oxide or aluminum nitrate. Well, what does gel have in it? Nothing but just oh, get good old like alcohol and uh, smell good juice. I'm going to put Pepsi cans underneath my armpits. <laughs> I want all aluminum. <laughs> You're gonna be like <laughs> full aluminum. You're gonna be very crinkly. Like <laughs> everywhere be, you go, yeah. it's gonna sound like. I feel like you're gonna be very noisy. <laughs> That's the next step. Just it's like razors. Like, just like crinkly. razors have like 25 blades now. Deodorant's just gonna be 
pieces of aluminum you just insert into your armpits. That sounds really weird. You're going to be robots soon, guys. God willing. Inshallah, as they say. Inshallah. Inshallah. Turkey Day came and went. Did you guys uh, stuff yourselves silly? Did you I, have some libations? Not really. Not really. You know what? I, I actually hung, hung out with my dad, and we made a roast. We uh, had a roast and with some vegetables, and it was a very simple Thanksgiving with real no no pie. You, you actually like you that. actually like experienced Thanksgiving exactly like the pilgrims did. It sounds like yeah, we cooked some Indian Just very modestly. <laughs> there was an Indian like showing you how to cook it. The no, pilgrims we cooked. Were not like, no, 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 no. You got to bury the fish with the corn. We had some maize. Like in the spring. <laughs> if you want good corn, you got to bury the fish down at the bottom. We had some maize. That's no, how it Indians was, talk, it was by the way. Just Jay. trying to make the claim that pilgrims are cannibals, which I'm not sure is valid. That In some history books. you gotta you got to eat the Indians. Ones, the ones that are sold next to snuff films. <laughs> Whoa. Yikes. Like 8 millimeter? <laughs> is he going to shoot that girl? Yep. Did you guys ever see 8mm? That was a scary that was that a movie. Nicholas Cage. movie. That's a great movie. Nicholas Cage was once upon a time a pretty good actor. He's still a great actor. I don't understand why you said once upon a time. He's still Not a great actor. Not the bees. Well, that's a bad movie. What about... Uh, <laughs> that's a bad movie. Kick-Ass? He wasn't very good in Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass was not a good movie. I mean, Get he was fine in it, but Leave that was not podcast. a good movie. That was I'm turning, not, I'm turning not your mic a good off. Movie. Where's Ross's mic? Is that yours? We got him. We got him. Do I need to relinquish my hipster glasses because I didn't like Kick Ass? Kick Ass Two was probably one of the best movies ever made. Kick Ass One sucked. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I guess you might like it if you are a child. I'm not saying I'm mature. You're a mental child. Yes, mental child. Okay, I'm I'm like ten or twelve. Hey, listen, I wouldn't make fun of my twelve-year-old nephew for the types of movie he likes. I also like Out of the Furnace. I like everything. Out of the Furnace was good. If you make it, I'll watch it and I'll like it. Out of the Furnace was depressing. Worst movie ever, though, Things Fall Apart with 50 Cent. I think I've talked about Never it probably on CSG it. No, 12. The worst, the worst movie ever is Lust in the Dust. That sounds horrible. It's a, a movie with Divine, you know, that, that uh, old transvestite um, uh, actor yeah, that I'm was sure. in all those John... Uh, John Everybody's seen these movies. Changing yeah. topics. <laughs> and then, then it was like with a midget, and it was a terrible movie. That sounds... Yeah, that sounds bad. <laughs> Why? Have you guys seen any good wow. movies recently? <laughs> hey... Uh, Ross, I want to ask you this because I've heard you say his name a couple times. Jeff, you know him probably as well. Gus Van Sant. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, have My you guys, own private Idaho. Have you guys ever watched Boss with Kelsey Grammer? That's a good Netflix? show. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that show's wait, amazing. Wait, what does Jeff Van Sant have to do with that? Jeff Van Sant's the uh, producer. I thought it was Mario Van Peebles. Well, I think Je- Gus Van Sant directs it or something. Oh. Or he's either uh, director or producer. First of all, that show is awesome. Yeah. And really good. It's so pissed off that it got canceled. Yes, you know that was that that movie would have been Just the like House Deadwood. of Cards movie. That would have been the net. Would have like House of Cards kind of took over that theme of the corrupt politicians and all that. And but it's got Frazier in it. Well, they they, they he made, was good. They did a good job, and, and Kelsey Grammer did well by far his best acting since Frazier. You know that was. You know, well, that he, did, was, he did play the character of Frazier for like twenty five. Yeah, I don't years. think he's done anything. He's done Frazier and then Boss. Frazier and then he, you know, and then he did. Uh, Is he a Broadway guy? Yeah, and yeah, he went to Juilliard, bruh, bruh, bruh can act, bruh. <laughs> I, I watched uh, something called George Gently with Kelsey Grammer. No, oh. it's uh, it's a it's a British. Snuff film thing. Snuff film. Gen- British. Gently. <laughs> uh, Brit- a gay actually, British. Snuff film with midgets. It, it is. I'm guessing it's going to have transvestites I and midgets. Actually will What's George doing gently in this one? I encourage everyone to watch it, even you, Ross. 
Ross, was this, Ross this was, don't take movie suggestions from this Jeff. Was, this is not a movie. This is a television series. This was the movie that lost to Citizen Kane for Best Picture. <laughs> when there was only two movies ever made. I believe, uh, I believe actually, uh, that uh, Gone with the Wind was up against Citizen Kane. <laughs> sure. Ignorant film question. You're, you're actually the first person to have an Oscar party. And What's you <laughs> watched that. It's, yeah, it's what was the first movie ever made? Was it Citizen Kane? No. First, no. Silent yeah. films? No, I no, mean, there were movies. They were silent movies. Yeah, silent movies. Citizen Kane is like the first great movie, and it's pretty overrated. What was like the what was the first like national big movie? I, I think it was like Last of the Mohicans. Oh, that's one of my not, favorites. Not the Daniel Day-Lewis one. That's one of my favorites. Because what happened was... I cried during that one. One time once. I found Last of the Mohicans on Netflix, and then I turned it on, and it's it black was and white. a silent movie. Yeah. And then it was oh. on for a while, and I'm like, this is like the intro to the movie. And then after like... 10 minutes I'm like this is a really long intro and then I went back and I was like made in 1932 <laughs> well, did you guys ever seen Metropolis that was the really famous silent no. movie no it, it's, it's a science no. fiction it's the wait first Metropolis was film. made in the 70s wasn't it no there was one made in the 70s yeah, it's no, like a not this about movie. artificial intelligence yeah so is, so is the early yeah but it was the first science fiction film and then that one came out in the early 30s too so we got George Gently Boss <laughs> and Ross what's your uh, user or you're a user. What's your suggestion for so a show or movie? Thanksgiving morning, I wake up at three thirty in the morning. And I can't fall back asleep. Ooh, so that I turkey, get up. turkey filling your nostrils. Yeah, yeah. I'm like paranoid because maybe I'm just scared that you put the baby in that, the oven. That the, the, the turkey's not going to get done in time. Oh, not that I'm making it, but somebody else is making it. And maybe they're not on top of their game. So, but anyway, I wake up at three thirty in the morning. I go downstairs, and I decide to watch a couple movies. I watched a movie called A Most Wanted Man. With Philip Seymour Hoffman, it came out this oh. summer. Oh yeah, yeah. His last movie uh, before he died, when he played the lead actor. Is this okay. like the grimy street movie? No, this is about. Uh, I, I mean, I guess you. It's not a. It's a spy movie. It's about spies and anti-terrorist spy activity in Germany. Fantastic movie, so good. It was. It was a John Le Carre movie. What's, oh, what's uh, the well, other? He's a good, yeah, yeah. What's it's probably depressing Phil- if it was a John Le Carre movie. Well, you know, you'd say that, but Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, one of my favorite movies of all time, probably my favorite movie. That was not depressing. They cut a lot of crap out of that. Though. What was that Phil was Seymour a- Hoffman's recent movie that was about like streets in Philadelphia or Boston or something? I don't streets know. of Philadelphia. I don't know. Really? But anyway, I watched that one. Then I watched another no, no, movie no, 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 called no. Lock. Locked. Starring Tom Hardy. Love Tom Hardy. And only Tom Hardy. Yeah. This movie. Oh, that's the one he's in the car. He's in the car. Holy oh, smokes. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could so, take yeah. it. Oh, my God. I, I was riveted. Really? I was on the edge really? of it. Like, I can't even explain why I love this movie so much. It was so good. And then, I, and because I, it reminded me of All Is Lost. Did you guys see that movie with uh, Robert Redford? When he's on the sailboat, no, no, uh, it kind of reminded oh, me. Oh yes, that. yes, yes, yes! I did see that. Yeah, it that, just came out recently. What about Phone yeah. Booth? Was uh, that a phone phone booth? booth was also yeah, another good movie. Yeah, that, that was, was a Joel totally, Schumacher film. That was really totally good. underrated yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Castaway? Another movie where it's basically oh. just one guy. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Throughout the whole movie. Well, sad. well uh, this movie. Wilson Chandler, my boy. <laughs> this was one of those. Locke was very good. Very good. Oh, okay. I got Tom yeah. Hardy. I, I, I love that. I think he's such a great actor. That third Batman movie, notwithstanding, but we can't blame him. We can't blame Christopher Nolan for that third abomination because it's pretty much all Heath Ledger's fault. I still, I still thought the last. Batman what do you mean? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was horrible. I still like that movie. I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> he talked like this. I mean, it was horrible. It was a horrible movie. I thought it was okay. It, it was, was okay. okay. 
But then, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all I see. I haven't been to a movie theater. I wanted to see Interstellar. Yeah. I keep hearing how bad it was. I keep hearing how awful Interstellar was. Really, I've heard it's phenomenal. Really, I've heard it's just god awful. Somebody I respect, well, I don't know who, said it was like one of the best movies they've ever are, seen. Are they a person that's generally stupid but wants to seem smart? No. Do they was, smoke it or do Duncan, they smoke pot? It wasn't Duncan Trussell. <laughs> no, not that's not him. what I'm talking about. Is this a person who it wasn't smokes Joe a lot of pot? Okay, I'm just saying I've heard that. No, it, it was. I think it was a. It was somebody noteworthy. Where I was like, oh wow, I wouldn't think that person would like that movie. And they seem like a smart guy. Well, I want to like, see it. Well, I want to see it in the theaters. Before we, before we continue on, there also was a debut of certain of trailers of a couple movies, big blockbuster movies that are supposed to be coming out next year. The Star Wars whatever <laughs> movie. And was, I that saw, real, was that a real thing? Yeah, that I was, think I saw that a was joke a real, trailer. That was a real thing. They're they not bringing Jar Jar Binks lightsaber back, thing and all that stuff. I'm not a Star Wars fan, so I'm like, oh, it's, you know. Who likes Star really Wars? And then, really and then the new Jurassic Park movie. That was a new Jurassic Park movie? Jurassic World. Bro, it looks sweet. They have like a like a Sea World setup, and this like Let me dinosaur guess. thing comes Channing out of the Tatum's water. No, oh, uh, the guy from uh, 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 Pratt, Chris Pratt, Chris. Oh, Chris Pratt, the other Channing Tatum. Yeah, actually, I don't even know who Chris Pratt. But is. But there's a scene where they're at like Sea World, and this dinosaur thing comes out of the water and eats a great white shark they just have hanging by like it's a, a crane. That's a mosasaur. Whoa. Dude, it looks good. All right, I'm in. Yeah. I like Jurassic Park. You know, Jurassic Park was the first book I read that was like it, it, like the first adult book I read as a kid. Yeah. When, and I thought it was the most incredible experience I've ever had in my yeah, life. Yeah, it was a good book, wasn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's a lot different from the movie, though. I mean, it's, it's, I mean it was pretty much the same you know, but story. No, it, yeah, but it was a lot different. Did you guys ever have to read Andromeda Strain? I agree. Yeah, that. I read that. I don't even I, I saw read it, but I think too. I just turned the pages. <laughs> I don't think Michael, I actually Michael read Michael Crichton. They're all Michael, Michael Crichton, right? Was that yeah. good or was it Congo. He also wrote okay. Congo. Congo yeah, was a great Congo. book. Terrible movie. Terrible movie. It's because the graphics weren't good then. And it was dumb. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Other than that, I haven't really seen anything. Yeah. I, last movie I saw in theaters, still Lone Survivor. That's the last time I went. Really? Last movie I saw in the theaters, I think, was Out of the Furnace. Oh, God. Unfortunately it. for me, last movie I saw in the theater was Elysium. And oh, that was a man, terrible movie. That was a long time ago. Elysium. That, was Elysium. that movie sucked. That was a terrible Matt movie. Damon? Such yeah. a good trailer, though, that man. Movie sucked. Such a good trailer. God, that, that was. Sucked. I mean, Jodie Foster was so bad in that movie, I wanted to tear my eyeballs out. The whole movie was horrific. Oh. It was such, such a sucked. preachy such movie. Such promise, too. It was you a know? preachy movie. God. They, they, that trailer, like I could District watch it all District 9. Day. Both of them so preachy. District 9 I liked. District yeah. 9 was all right, I thought. I thought it was funny. So did you like bugs more than, you know, I don't, buggers? I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I, I tend to watch movies, and I don't take away a lot of big picture stuff. Like everybody says, uh, what's the one with the blue pe- alien people? I got the message. Pandora? No. No, Avatar. Avatar. I got the point where it was saying, you know, whatever, but a lot of people are like, oh, it's this government thing. I don't care. I just want to watch a movie. I'm the same way. I'm a movie guy. I'm not, I'm not you know. Even when on. I watch movies about the government, I don't want to know <laughs> yeah. about the Well, government. apparently the new Avenger movie is supposed to be good, but that's only if you like that sort, those sort of movies. I want to write a, uh, I'm going to spoil this right now. I want to, well, no, I'm not going to say anything. Well, save it. Save it. Save it. it was, we we uh, always do this. It was related, but <laughs> I, I'm, there's an article I want to write. Movie related and uh, basketball related, but I'm gonna I'll save I'll save everything. Have you guys been watching Walking Dead? Oh my god! Yeah, that was yeah. pretty rough. <laughs> Dude, I tweeted out the other day uh, that this actress. Did you ever watch Hello Ladies on HBO? No. This chick that was on there is the female cop that's in the hospital on Walking oh, Dead. And okay. I tweeted out, I was like, "Hey, I thought that was her, but she doesn't really look like her, but it is her." And some guy wrote me and was like, "Hey, Broncos country has an agreement that we're not writing any spoilers about Walking Dead, so don't." ruin anything. I was like, I'm just 
saying who the actress was. Like, calm down. You know what you say? Broncos <laughs> country. Broncos country. Broncos country. country. Dreaming? Be like, hey, guess what? I'm part of Broncos country, uh, and I'm not way, part of this agreement, you uh, jerk. And, uh, and it's Broncos nation. Hey, what? It's Nuggets nation. It's a Bronco nation. Whatever Shannon Sharp it's says. It's just the Broncos. Uh, I will Broco say this. Nation. I won't spoil anything about The Walking Dead. I will say this is the best season of The Walking Dead. I will say that, that unequivocally. Yes. It is. Yeah. And this, that is rare. Most shows really tail off. Most of them kind of tail off and just kind of go into Never Neverland. Yeah. This is by far the most, it's the best, best, best season so far. And they've, oh. had, they've all been good, but this yeah. is a good one. So. Yeah, no, I've, I've really enjoyed, really enjoyed this year, and I haven't, you know, I, I I catch up on them later, but you know, it's it's that last episode. Oh, you, you read is, the comics too, right? Yeah, and I've heard that they've really gone in a new direction. They've that really diverged, the comics a lot really diverged a bit, and then they come back. So, yeah. well, what's interesting is that they can. Th- there's no storyline to follow, as far as I understand, because what they've created is a. A universe, and then within that universe, they can branch off and do all sorts of. I mean, it gives them just like kind the of video games, endless guys, possibilities. Well, I was hearing uh, an interesting take on The Walking Dead, where this guy said it, it follows the comics in the sense that it's very violent, and there's a sense of hopelessness. Oh yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I guess I, st- I still have a sense of hope for the people on the show. I don't know what's going to happen, but I've heard somebody else say once a few seasons back that it's we're watching people. It's like if you flush the toilet, you're watching you're watching the water circle, and eventually, it's all gonna die. That's right? true. Like circling the drain, it's never yeah, gonna. It's the n- they're never gonna come out of it and and stop it, right? I mean, I it, don't know. I mean, you it's get never My dad does it. My my dad has always said about that. Walking Dead. You know, he watched the first season. And he's like. I can see where this is going to go. This is going to be a stupid ass soap opera. <laughs> it is a soap opera, and it is but a it's soap an awesome opera. ass soap but opera. But I, I said you got to. He's you, right, but it's a, not a stupid ass. It's smart ass. But they you need got, to find like grenades and missiles. And, <laughs> you know? Have those all been used up? Did the government use all those? Oh, they just like need to start wiping these things That's a out. Good point. You know? Like eventually they need to stumble on like some nukes. Or you got to you got to start making like bombs somehow or something, right? You can't just keep using machetes and sticks like. You gotta start making technology, and eventually, I mean, I, I know they've completely like. You gotta make technology. Does that make any sense? <laughs> no, Nate. No, it does not. Make me some technology now. And with they're the pretty fast kitchen. and loose with the rules. Yeah, very, very it's much like, so. You have to be bitten. What if? What if you get like blood in your mouth or in your eyes? Or when they just like put the blood all over themselves yeah. to blend in? <laughs> it's like, come on. And that guy went. Yeah. I don't know. No rules. It's craziness. It's all good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, let's get into. I don't even think we said the word Jake's again. I think everybody knows oh, this. Is oh, yeah, we're we at Jake's Food Spirits right now. Oh, yeah. 3800 Walnut, where the lovely Stephanie has been taking care of us yes, it's once been, again. Yeah. We all the best. Nate and I had the pasole, and Ross, I believe, had the turkey melt tonight, mm. which uh, looked worked really good, actually. You know, I, I tell you what, you can say make anything, right? No matter what it is. You add avocado, it becomes special. That's true. You I have agree. a BLT, you put avocado on it, it's much, much better. I was this watching Turkey uh, melt had avocado on the it. The creaminess of the avocado. Avocados is the best thing ever. I was watching 20. 24-7, Manny Pacquiao, Chris Algieri. And Chris Algieri, every morning, needs two eggs and toast. And on his toast, he mashes avocado onto it. It's slices it. And Way better than it. butter. Tastes better. I Put a little pepper, it. maybe a little it's hot good. sauce. A little salt, my, maybe just a touch. My normal breakfast is two scrambled eggs, four slices of bacon, a sliced tomato, and a sliced avocado. Interesting. Ooh. That's what I have for breakfast almost every single huh. day. That's why I maintain this figure. 
Uh, your girlish you're figure. Svelte. <laughs> you are a svelte man. You're in bikini shape. Yeah, you're round. You're round. <laughs> it's uh, bikini yeah. season, guys. I'm already thinking about our uh, annual Vegas trip in the summer, and I'm like, I better start shedding some LBs. <laughs> start doing it now. ASAP. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, it's uh, going to take some Did months. you do your annual trip this year, or did you just go on Summer League? I skipped it and just yeah, went to Summer League, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the professional in me took over this summer. <laughs> oh, yeah, the <laughs> I love summer league, man. I think I'll go to that forever. Well, we could talk about that in the summer. Yeah, okay. In the meantime, we got. Should we get into some headlines fries. and some sports? We're about almost halfway through the show. We've <laughs> just been talking TV, <laughs> but hey, yeah, that's not fun, much to it? talk about, I guess. Well, let's get into some of those juicy headlines. <laughs> headlines. All right, here we go. From December 2nd in the USA Today. Oh, no. Here is a headline. Uh, no. Headline. Ump. Dale Scott overwhelmed with support after coming out. An umpire in ump, baseball? Ump. Dale Scott. I wasn't aware of this. Major League Baseball? Major League Baseball. Has Don't a, they know the gays can't call gay balls ump. and strikes? <laughs> oh, we can call balls. <laughs> All day long. They, now they have to start calling long. them. Humpires. Those are Brad Pitts. <laughs> What's this guy's name? It's like, John it's like, watch out. Uh, <laughs> that guy's a catcher, but not in that way. Oh, my God. That guy's getting a little close. <laughs> oh, my God. We get one gay friend. We don't suddenly, call them that. Suddenly we get. <laughs> They're called bottoms. Thank you. Bottoms. That's even worse. Is the catcher like, is this a home plate umpire? I mean, I think he's like. What's, what's this guy's name? Again? Dale Scott. It's about time that we had a gay ump, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, it's 2014. It's about time. I, had, gays, I, I did not know this. It's so. true. The gays, you honestly whoa. didn't know this? The gays are everywhere. Yeah, he's, they are. Uh, they're literally everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. He's, uh, boy, this is a recent news story, too, and I had no idea. Huh. I, you know, I think they had The gays an, didn't even know sports. about the gays. Or the gay. <laughs> the gay didn't know about the gays. <laughs> the gay didn't know. Anyway, yeah. that's pretty much He's all I got on that's that. That's good, man. I He's mean, 55. Man, I mean, that's a late time to come out, man. I still hate umpires, but not because he's gay. Because he's an umpire. Yeah. Well, that's good. Good for him. And I don't know how that's going to change anything oh. ever. I, but I do like how we all have to announce <laughs> Well, everything. I was thinking about uh, in Bull Durham. You know that one argument they get into? Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, hold on. We had this... Uh, Actually, might have a little sound on the gay ump situation. It's actually from John Fox with the Broncos. Oh, but yeah. here, let me hit play here, and away we go. Uh, I was told uh, today that uh, Dale Scott came out as a as as, as a gay, and uh, I just have to say, next man up. <laughs> Isn't that what those gays do? <laughs> next yes. man up. That's yes, coach. All right, that is, that's it. That's the sound we had on John Fox. I believe he was referring to Grinder there. That's what he might have been talking about. Good for you, Coach Fox. <laughs> That's Coach Fox He's audio. Up with the times. Only you can find here. Um, I was making a joke about that uh, Bull, Bull Durham. Durham argument with uh, Kevin Costner and the umpire. Isn't that which one I'm talking about? No. All right. Well, we'll move on. No, I want to hear it. I love <laughs> Bull Durham. I'm not 90. I have not seen that movie. <laughs> You're like, I don't see those newfangled teen <laughs> shit movies. Remember when like like Susan Sarandon was supposed to be like attractive in that one, right? But she's yeah. never been like an attractive woman. No, she hasn't. <laughs> and she's like old in that Speaking one too. Speaking of Susan Sarandon. Was she born old? Is she Benjamin Button? She no, she's like I think she's Gene Hackman's sister. Because Gene Hackman <laughs> turned fifty when he was twenty one <laughs> and then he's remained the same age since then. 
What's a, what's he doing? Still voiceovers? Uh, you know, he's uh, retired. I know he's retired. He lives in yeah. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yeah. It's time to He's writing novels, man. Let's, let's do Carter Sports Guys from... Uh, man, Gene Hackman, wait, probably my favorite actor. Santa, Santa Fe? Fe. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, you ought to run into him. You're in Santa Fe from time to time. I have not been to Santa Fe for years, but yes, maybe I'll go down and send Where do you flyer. usually go? Isn't that where all the Indian art is? Well, they're in Scottsdale, Arizona, and... I thought you went oh. to Santa Fe. <laughs> when you go yeah. to Santa Fe, where I've are you actually I've been to Santa going? Fe many, many times. I just haven't been for a while. Huh. Like, when you go to Vegas, are you actually going to Las Vegas, New Mexico? Yes. And you're going yes. to Santa, Santa Fe, Anyone Nevada? who's been to Las Vegas, New Mexico, know that there'll never there'll never be a confusion as to where you are. <laughs> All, right. All right. So we got gay umps. What else you got, Ross? I, uh, love, I love the gay ump. I love the gay ump. Yeah. Call, call a few more balls for the Rockies uh, <laughs> hitters there, pal. I wasn't even supposed to be bad. They, play, to be. they, play pen, they call plenty of balls for our pitchers. <laughs> okay. I know. Our pitching staff's terrible. All right. That was a sports joke. Next headline <laughs> Not up. A gay joke. Next headline up. December 3rd in the Denver Post by Terry Fry. Mm. Um, Jim McElwain holding pattern. Oh, excuse me. Jim McElwain holding pattern, colon. CSU coach not on return, Florida's return flight. Did you guys catch that? That one took a while. That's that's, 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 all, ter- that's all Terry for you. I that's think our a- friend Terry Fry was at DIA staking out the uh, he was. Florida return game. <laughs> he was on he was on McElwain Watch. Oh on, my god! <laughs> was that Rachel? So like, depressing. Like when ESPN used to Rachel send Nichols. Rachel Nichols to yeah. Brett Favre's front lawn. Rachel every Nichols, summer. who by the way, uh, really great director who just died, Mike Nichols. That was her father-in-law. No kidding. Yeah. Hmm. Was he a Broadway guy? No, he uh, directed uh, The Graduate. Uh, oh yeah, and, I saw that one. Uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? And, Never saw it. Uh, was Virginia Woolf a feminist? No, no. It was Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. Oh. Uh, they a couple that fights. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you never failed to. What was the headline? <laughs> you never failed to uh, impress with your knowledge of old ass shit, <laughs> like just old shit. What was the headline? We were even oh, McElwain. <laughs> This guy. <laughs> Just like how we got to the director of The Graduate and Elizabeth Taylor in a matter of seconds. I don't know, but thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Is James Gardner involved somehow? <laughs> James Gardner, that young whippersnapper, according to Jeff. The young upstart. Rising star, James Gardner. Is at it again. Uh, so this whole McElwain thing, it just it circles back around to the... Uh, awfulness of the NCAA where contracts don't matter as long as you're a coach or athletic director and players are treated like prisoners. What? I don't understand how you made that leap. Here's what do you mean contracts don't matter? Of course they matter. So contracts matter. Does CSU have uh, games still? Uh, yeah, I would think they have a bowl game, I would hope. Right. And Florida's or maybe the Mountain West Championship. Florida's do they have that? allowed to swoop in and just woo this guy while the season's still going and he's allowed to leave while the season's still going and he okay, leaves all, all the guys that he recruited hanging I've seen it ruin careers I, I was telling Jeff the other night uh, a very famous high school quarterback in Colorado Ryan Clement went to Mullen High School he's supposed to go to my high school Ponderosa got re- goes to Mullen private school gets recruited to go to the University of Miami under Daris, Dennis Erickson Commits to Miami, Derek er- Dennis Erickson. I keep saying Derek Erickson. Dennis Erickson leaves and goes to Seattle Seahawks. Ryan Clement, for the most part, never really heard from again. Now, would he? should he have been allowed to switch schools and go somewhere else because his coach left? Hell yes. Every, yeah, every think- player that Jim McElwain touched 
or that wants to go to CSU should be allowed to go anywhere else, no problem, no questions asked. I, I, I tend to agree with that. I, I tend to agree with that. I'm not sure what McIlwain... Okay, I understand where you're going with this. Is that it's, uh, the players get screwed over because McIlwain recruited them. If players want to transfer, even if... They should be able to transfer. Even if, even if McIlwain's... It, all right, if a player wants to transfer from CSU to CU or wherever, they have to, for the most part, sit out a year unless yeah. they've already graduated, right? Well, yeah. So yeah. players are put to a different standard than coaches. McIlwain's allowed to leave... While the season's still going and go to Florida, and it's not just McElwain. Season's it's not everywhere. going. Well, your bowl game, I the mean. The bowl game is not part of the season. Eh, yeah, I guess. But it's, it's still, it's shitty that coaches are allowed to leave whenever they want, but players are, are put to a different standard. That's totally true. I totally agree with that. I agree. Well, no, it, it, listen, you, you and I spoke about this last night, but to be quite, quite honest with you, there's two levels of this. One, it's kind of crappy. I, I can't, it can't really, because I've been a lifelong CU fan, and the only thing I can compare it to as far as what you're going through right now is when Rick Neuheisel just kind of abandoned the buffs and went to the Washington. But in hindsight, I really disliked Rick Neuheisel, so obviously that wasn't as disappointing as what CSU's going through, which is a coach that had completely revived their program and brought them to a prominence that they haven't been in... Ten years, you know. Oh, ten years. Uh, yeah, twenty-five years. Yeah. Since Sonny I mean, Lubick left, really, Sonny Lubick, really yeah. forever. I mean, because even when Sonny Lubick was there, they weren't. I mean, they were competing in a different world. I mean, that was a long time ago. But as far as the fans of CSU goes, I'm not sure what they expect. Well, not, either you get a coach that's good enough to go somewhere else, or you get a mediocre coach that's good enough to stay around for a long time. And I understand either way, you're never going to win a national championship. It's, yeah. it's CSU. And I'm not tied to the fact that it's Jim McElwain and it's CSU. I've, I've thought this for years, and I've said it, I think, on this podcast a few times when other prominent coaches have ditched their programs and just gone somewhere else after you know all this just i don't know all this talk of yeah i want to build this up and do that oh see you later guys i'm going here well he did build it up whoa jesus Jeff. <laughs> he did build it up and and frankly if i'm a csu fan which i am admittedly not a csu fan i don't hate csu i like csu i watched maybe a half of csu football this year so i'm not i'm definitely not like a bitter csu fan but csu fa- i have seen csu fans that are pretty upset about mac Alwain leaving I don't care and that he leaves. I just care the way that it's done. Well, I guess I'm confused about how you would prefer it to be done. Yeah. I prefer like, that if you sign a five-year contract, you play out your five-year contract. Well, he what will sport? have to play out his five-year contract, or he'll have to pay the money back. I mean, that's the way well, contracts the, no, work. What's, right, what's holding it up right now is the buyout. He has a $7.5 million buyout clause, and Florida doesn't want to pay it. Right well, now. Florida is going to have to pay it. Yeah, somebody's going to have. It's going to be. This is the thing. But they can get creative. Yeah, in the now way let me they let me it. throw this to you, Nate. Obviously, there's been this thing. Obviously, McIlwain doesn't want to be in with, with you know Evan Fort Collins. So they're working on this buyout. If Florida doesn't want to pay the buyout, are you sure you want McIlwain back? No, you don't. You definitely don't want a guy that doesn't want to be there yeah. and wants to leave for greener pastures. That, that's, that, that, I just think the NCAA is a joke for allowing coaches to do whatever the hell they want. That's but, true. But I agree. Forcing with that. players to live by these very strict rules. I think what they allow for the coaches, or what they don't, like the way it works for the coaches, I think is the proper way. It's what they do with the players. I think is wrong. How is it the, what other jobs? What other sports? 
can you just leave your con? Well, I get okay. NBA Doc Rivers got out of his Celtics deal, so I, I guess. I'm- well, I mean, if we're I mean, we're not going to get into conversations about unions and those types of collective bargainings because I don't understand that. But in general, you have a contract. The contract needs to be honored or it needs to be paid out. But that's the somebody other thing, needs to be made whole. That's yeah. the other thing in the NCAA, so that, like Florida's allowed to come in and, and grab a guy and just throw millions of dollars. It's like. What is this? It's just a money-making giant yes, machine. Because Florida has a uh, boat a program, yeah, that is can legitimately make a hell of a lot more money than CSU can, and they can legitimately win a national championship every single year that CSU cannot. So if McIlwain wants I to mean, progress, CSU his, could get in the national championship picture. During the Mountain West, very, they, very unlikely. Yeah, very I mean, unlikely. very unlikely. Not, not unless yeah. they join they, they a power would, conference. They would, yeah, they'd have to get into a different conference, yeah. probably. I, I mean, I don't know if yeah. they could go undefeated in the Mountain West and somehow make it in. It seems like you'd need a lot of other conferences, like those teams, to lose a few games. I mean, they have to be the only undefeated team in the nation to get into the national championship. But isn't there, isn't there just something wrong with, with schools being able to throw around just millions of dollars on a win? I don't think so. Like, hey, we want Jim McElwain. We're going to pay you $4 million a year. And CSU, you need $7 million. There you go. Like, what? I don't <laughs> like, think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, are these, are these schools up- or are these professional sports teams? And well, that's where the line is so blurred. It's like, okay, you're going to throw millions of dollars there. So let's pay these athletes a little bit of money then. I, I, let's not I, agree. I feel Listen, like that's a different argument. But, yeah, but, but let's know, not you, pretend Ross that this is. Ross and I both is, agree with that. But let's not no. pretend that this is a college student athlete program. This is a million dollar money machine that needs to be treated Absolutely. like a business and not like but a freaking. Also, athletic. not pretend that these athletes are not getting great benefit. I mean, I understand there's some inequity in the system, but these are these players are also benefiting greatly from this system. And so is every student that goes to the school, uh, you know, that yeah, you're, is in the, you're in the pipeline they to go are, to the NFL. They are, they are in some level generating or, or benefiting from it. Yeah, you're getting on the job training to become a millionaire if you can make it to the next level. I mean, that's, Absolutely. That's or they're is. getting a college education where they can go and, you know. Yeah, a lot of guys take advantage of that too, right? Where they're, and, know, they don't and make putting, yeah. And putting that you were a Division One f- college football player on your resume is not a bad thing. A lot of yeah. employers not in sports would want that type of thing. But, yeah. but I do agree that it is a little hypocritical, and, and maybe some, the, some players or the players should be allowed to get some sort of benefit from it. I mean, they should, like the way the rules are set up, like you should be able to sign your own autograph and get paid for that. Yes. I, I mean, come on, it's your freaking arti- autograph. It's your signature. It's your dog. Yeah. It's your dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so but, but I do want to bring this point up. Uh, it, I, I thought for a long time that only CU fans were the doofuses and idiots out there uh, uh, <laughs> beating the drum for Dave Logan to get the job at, at CU. But now I've heard people saying the same thing about CSU. You're kidding me. And I just wonder, like, well, where do these people Dave come Logan's from? Dave like Logan's he's like a Colorado folk hero. He's <laughs> like, everybody's like, like, his legend just, has exceeded his CSU actual is, ability. You know what? It's also the same thing. And even you guys are talking about this. Every time there's a coaching argument for the Nuggets, Scott Hastings comes up. So you guys are also kind of uh, guilty of this type I've of I've never idiocy. brought up Scotty. As, I've always uh, thought Scott Hastings would be a pretty decent big man. Consultant or coach? <laughs> consultant or coach? But yeah. yeah, a head coach. I mean, I'm not saying Scott Hastings wouldn't be a good no, head Scott coach. Scott Hastings know how to coach big guys, but he probably wouldn't. That's like he wouldn't be an obvious choice. Same with Dave Logan. Exactly. To suggest yeah, that yeah. Dave Logan would be a great 
a, a college coach. Maybe he would. I'm yeah. not saying he wouldn't, but there's nothing to suggest that he would. Yeah. Well, the guy that the guy that I would like CSU to go after that probably will never sniff an NFL job again. Mac Mike and Mac McIntyre. What? Mike 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 Day Junior. Yeah, the first name right, but he also brought this town two Super Bowls. Mike Shanahan. CSU I don't to go think, sign that I, guy ASAP. I don't think Mike would do small potatoes. Though. Not CSU. Yeah. Why? Oh hell, because CSU is, can't win a national championship. Dude, do you get Mike Shanahan up there? You get the stadium <laughs> built. Listen, no, you guys will laugh all you want, but didn't didn't we just beat you guys this year? CU CSU. Hey, hey, hey that's it's, true. CU is so, a terrible football true. program. Hey, right by now. the way, I've always said that game means more to CSU than it does CU. Right. So, we, but so hear this part out. You bring in Mike Shanahan. Yes, I, I'm not going to argue with you. Yes, gonna, you bring in Mike Shanahan. That no, but here's what, here's what happens. That's going to give you credibility to build the stadium on campus. And once that stadium is built and that money starts flowing in, that gives you the ability to try to jump into a bigger conference to then get into a national championship picture if you're serious about trying to build a serious football program. Why does CSU need the stadium again to get into a bigger conference? Because their stadium sucks. I mean, yeah, it's, I understand their stadium it's so sucks. so far away. It's not. I mean, I, I believe they to. need a new stadium, yeah. and, and it's worth the money. It'll yeah. it'll definitely uh, be worth the investment, I would say. But I mean, Folsom's been in major conferences. Folsom Field's and they got had shitty stadium for a long Folsom time. Field's got historical value. I mean, to it's it, beautiful. It's, yeah. Folsom Field's yeah. also on campus. Yeah, that's true. Stadium it's on is, campus. Yeah, it's a ten or fifteen minute drive on the way back. It's an hour in well, traffic. UCLA doesn't play on campus. USC doesn't play on campus. Don't they play at the Rose Bowl? Yes. So I mean that's nowhere near campus. By the right? by the way, this is reminding me of when we did that. How places, far away is the Rose Bowl? This is reminding me of when we <laughs> it's in we were doing those. I that think. remember, like last year, maybe the year before, we did that thing, f- top five uh, places you really want to visit. And I put Folsom Field on my. Have you been there yet? <laughs> no, I haven't been there yet. You still haven't been I there? have been outside of it many, many times. <laughs> that is just I have most, not been inside of that's it. That's the most embarrassing yeah. story. <laughs> that's a way to just depress I've, everybody. I've, I've, I love CU. And I, I have since I was a kid. And you live I've in freaking Thornton. Thornton. Yeah. I, I've been to Folsom Field a handful of times. I've even been to Coors Event Center a handful of times. By the way, uh, before we continue, uh, I was looking up on Dale Scott here, the... Gay ump, <laughs> the newly minted gay ump, and it says here that he has officiated in both leagues. So I'm not entirely sure his story is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that was that was a good one, Jeff. Dale, <laughs> stealer of hearts. Oh. <laughs> oh man! All right, man. Next that, headline. That up. was worth it. <laughs> Let's get the next headline. Uh, we got today. Now we got headlines from. The future. This is a headline. Um, April fourteenth. Man, that sound effects guy's on top of shit, isn't it? Fifteen. Um, headline from the USA Today on April fourteenth, two thousand and fifteen. Tim Donaghy um, biography comes out. Claims he's gay, and that's why he was kicked out of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Donaghy, gay. Let me let me throw this at you. Uh, former guest of the podcast. Former guest former of the podcast. Guest of Colorado uh, sports. No guys. doubt about it. I call him Tim. No doubt about it. Donaghy. No doubt. Uh, no doubt about it. That'll oh, do I it about with that. Uh, headlines. Those the from the future. Uh, let's move on to sound our sound effects next. guy. Really, really stepping up his game. Now. <laughs> 
old, old Kurt. <laughs> By the way, we have more headlines coming up, but we decided that we're going to start dispersing them throughout the podcast. So uh, don't don't tune out just yet. We got more where that came from. Yeah, let's take a short one. And get right back into a little thing I like to call sports talk. Denver Broncos played a football game over the weekend where they beat their arch rival, the Kansas City Chiefs, 29-16, to and we might have a couple of headlines, but I also think we might have a quick soundbite from Coach John Fox on uh, how that game unfolded. Take it away, Coach Fox. Well, uh, you know, uh, we went out to Kansas City. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was nighttime, so it was dark, and any time you play in the dark, things are, you know, different. So uh, we have a next man up policy here with at Davelli. So we just took that to Kansas City, and we ran on first down, and second down, and third down, and uh, next man up. I, I I actually believe that uh, I think the Broncos might have run on fourth down too. Let me see if we got any uh, audio on Fox on that. Let me. I think I, I think I have it. Here we go. Uh, we ran on fourth down too, but that happened to be a fake punt. Was that was that your idea, Coach Fox? I don't take risks. <laughs> Too risky, I guess. Too huh? risky. But it, was, but it was running. We ran on fourth down. <laughs> you, so, you, so what you're saying is you ran run on every down except fourth. So that one time we we did run on fourth. That wasn't your idea. Next man up. <laughs> and it was uh, it was actually a uh, David Bruton, the safety that uh, ran that play, one carry for thirteen yards. Ross Martin, correct on that call. Did, did, was, <laughs> Coach Fox, did you cut him for that? Next man up. <laughs> I had no idea that Ross Martin had credentials with the Broncos and was able to ask uh, <laughs> Coach Fox questions. That's crazy. Good for you, Ross. You did it. I believe we may have a couple of headlines from this game. Ross, if you want to break right. those down for us. I got so a headline here, but this is actually from... You have a headline? Yeah, I got some headlines. Two weeks ago, this is an old one. This is one um, from Von Miller. Remember when he got injured a couple of weeks ago? He took a no. knee in the gonads oh. against that game. Uh, who was that against? It was before the Chiefs game. The Miami Dolphins game? The Dolphins yeah. game. Like, first play, he took one hard. Yeah, he did. He got uh, kneeled in the jimmy. And uh, I saw on Twitter, Chad Brown. You guys know who Chad Brown is? Former CU buff. Uh, uh, Chad Brown, also supposed to be a guest of the Carlisle Sports Guys podcast. Yeah, Chad Brown the Flake, ago. I guess we would call him. Chad Brown the Flake. The snake peddler. The guy's into snakes. When was this? Was this, pre- was this uh, PJ, pre-Jeff? <laughs> yeah, he was actually <laughs> supposed to be the third... The third host before you came along, we decided, decided you know what? Oh, wow. And we actually told Chad that... Uh, so they couldn't talk about juicy we're like, burgers Sorry, and Chad, we're going guys. with the gay. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, Chad Brown tweeted out, he said, not one NFL player wears a cup. Not one. What? <laughs> That's what I thought. What? Like, Von Miller took a knee, and, and like I've heard about... Wide receivers not wearing cups and, and guys like uh-huh. maybe cornerbacks. But like as far as I knew, you know, if you were like in the in the trenches, you would wear a protective cup. Like uh, a, a protective jock. Wouldn't that be common sense? That's what I thought. But guess what, Jeff? Not a single player in the NFL wears a cup. Oh my god. 
Why don't? Why isn't there like? Why isn't stupid. there ten nut injuries every single game? You know where well, there probably is, but they don't report it. Like you know, groin injury. Man. But a groin injury is is you that? Know, what, it's you know it, to me that's like the tendon or the muscle. You know, yeah, it's a, a groin, the, like yeah. a ball. Like when when Von Miller got hit, they showed the replay. That knee went directly in there. Yeah, and it made full contact and. And to me, that's crazy. So, like, I, I can't believe. I just, I just wanted to bring that up really quick. I, can't, I just, I can't believe that, that seems completely inaccurate to me. Here, Nate's back. Nate's back. Nate, Nate, Nate. Nate probably already knows. Nate this. took a little excursion here. So. Von Miller so, yes. got injured, right? Hit, hit, got he got himself hitting the balls with a knee. Takes a good five minutes to recover from. Yes. Chad Brown said, "Not one player in the NFL wears a cup. Not a single player wears a cup." Were you aware of this? Yeah, we had, uh, at least on my high school football team, I'd say probably 60%, 70% of the guys didn't wear cups. Even in really? high school? In high school, man. I mean, I was cupped all the time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, all the time. Anything happens to that region. Guys, I think even guys in the NBA wear cups. In, anything happens down <laughs> right? there, though, life's over, boys. Life is over. Well, at least you can't reproduce. Uh, I mean, well, anyway, I don't care about that as far as the life is over part. Did, but, so did, uh, like, Sean Kemp, no, not Sean Kemp, uh, Maurice Claret, how many kids did he have? Or no, no, Cromartie. Was he the only guy in the NFL wearing cups? No, it was Travis Henry. Remember and Travis, Travis Henry? Henry yeah. Yeah. It's like everybody wore a cup. cut with cut nobody with wore a, a cup except that guy. Cut with 20 pounds of weed. and Even, tw- even <laughs> the old uh, Larry Bird. Wore a cup? Probably wore a cup, yeah. Oh, goodness. Larry Bird's got a lot of bastards? Got a few out there. At least no one. kidding. Everybody has one. Gary Bird. <laughs> Sh- Ross, you probably got a couple. Sherry Bird. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? All right. Let's see here. So that was just one uh, Broncos-related thing. I got another headline here. This is uh, from December 3rd by Nikki Jabavala from the Denver Post. Nikki Jabavala. Another uh, would-be guest. <laughs> yeah. Another, another one. Another should be guessed. Another, yeah. another one flaked out on us. No big deal. Um, here's her headline: As a bill, Kyle Orton. <clears throat> as a bill, Kyle Orton returns to Denver, hoping not to repeat the past. Boy, what? What? If that's an article. I don't have to read because the headline is so descriptive. I don't know what is. So he doesn't want to repeat being. The third greatest quarterback Ooh. in Broncos history. <laughs> third greatest quarterback. <laughs> Wait, who would be? No, no, no. Your boy is the third greatest quarterback in Broncos Tebow? history. No. Oh. Jake Plummer. Yeah, actually, Jake Plummer. Plum dog millionaire. Yeah, I would say Plummer is third. Elway, Manning, or Manning, Elway. Ah, uh, uh, what? Elway, Manning. Thank you. The, Manning's career's not over yet. Jesus. Uh, Elway, Manning, Plummer, Tebow. Orton's pretty far down there, actually. Uh, yeah, way down there. Bubby Brister has got to be Bubby, up there. Bubby Brister. And I don't know about this Frank Trapuca stuff. A lot of people think that guy was great. Well, I'm I looking at a picture of Frank Trapuca on the wall of Jake Spirits. Uh, I don't know about Craig Morton either. Sorry to your uh, great uncle, uh, Jeff. <laughs> great uncle, um, Craig Morton. Craig Morton was a good quarterback, but he was very, you know, Kyle Orton esque. So. Well, in, in that he lost a Super Bowl. I mean, Orton never made it to the Super Bowl. No, but I mean, you know, he wasn't exactly, you know, yeah. yeah. So uh, Kyle Good. Orton's coming in. And yeah, how, how do you go Broncos quarterbacks? Elway, Manning. I just said it. Elway, Manning, Plummer, Tebow, Plummer. Bobby, Bobby Brister. What do you go, Gus Farad in there anywhere? No. No? no. Tommy Maddox? Gus Farad. <laughs> 
Gus forgot. He had the most uh, passing yards in game history for a while. In fact, you could put because the Elway was a quarterback for 16, 17 years of the Broncos history. You might so. be able to put Bubby Brister above Plummer because at least Bubby Brister got a Super Bowl ring. He's got two. Yeah, Bubby. Bubby. I, like, I think Bubby was totally underrated. Are you checking your voicemail? You can't hear me because he's checking his voicemail. <laughs> got an emergency work call. I'm going oh. to step out for two seconds. Oh, my God. Oh work. My God. Well, anyway, Broncos got the Bills coming up. Uh, I don't think there's much chance the Broncos lose this game. Well, yeah. But the Bills are not as bad as everybody has said they are. They aren't, but they haven't really played. I mean, they. this is the one the, the – why I've always dis- discredited kind of the the dynasty that is the New England Patriots. The AFC East has been a dog butt division forever, and even today, then you know the Dolphins were okay for a while. Dolphins aren't that bad. Yeah, but Dolphins they, aren't that. They, they, they faded. You know, then they, they you know they almost lost to the Jets. They, the Jets are and the Jets are awful. You know. That always happens, though. It always happens that a team can lose to a, a, a mediocre team. I mean, when you get to the teams that are in the top 50th percentile, pretty much anybody can win on any given day, well, right? I, but but as we're we, talking about the Bills coming into Denver on Sunday, and even the Bills aren't even that bad. I, I mean, the Bills have a great defense. They have a great defensive line. I, but I don't. I don't. I'm not worried about them losing. They have all the makings of an eight and eight team. You know. That's what do you, What do you think? Let's take a step back. What do you think Kyle about? What do you think about the Chiefs game? How did you feel about it when you were done? Uh, were you, I heard. A lot, I saw a lot of people. I checked in on Twitter a couple of times. During did the you? Game, and I was pissed off. as all these people. <laughs> like, just like, well, Peyton Manning hasn't completed a pass like twenty passes, and yeah, admittedly, Peyton Manning didn't have a great game. Well, but the he game, didn't have a horrible game. I mean, he started out great. This is the thing about Peyton, and you know, you know this, Ross. <clears throat> His entire game is dependent on rhythm. He has to get into a rhythm. That's why, why he throws what, so much in the first half. You know, what does that mean? That his entire game is dependent on rhythm. He has to, you know, uh, he has to get into. He can't be stayed. He can't be that. Do you think that's that true? Like that, that's what, because he, that's you, what you actually think? No, he's ne- or is that just okay? No, do you is remember that just what? Everybody said. No, do you remember that Patriots game last year where the Broncos ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. They got that 24-7 lead, and then the Patriots started catching up. Well, one of the problems in that game was that Manning was so rusty from not throwing the ball at all in the first half that he had no rhythm. He didn't get it until the end of the game when they went down and tied the score at the end of regulation. Right, and and there was the same thing in this game where he was like, if he runs the ball that much. Now, I don't not necessarily saying it's a bad thing that the Broncos run the ball. I'm saying just Peyton seems to depend so much on his ability for repetitions and getting using his arm and hitting these precision routes over and over and over again and using them over again so he can get that precise precision down. It just seems when they run the ball that the routes are not the same. They don't run the same. But I, from what you're saying is it basically presupposes that Peyton Manning and his rhythm supersedes whatever the defense is is throwing at him. Yes. Meaning that no matter what the defense does, it's if Peyton Manning's in a rhythm, then, then he will be able to pick it apart. It's been that way his whole entire career. I disagree with that. I think that for once, and maybe credit John Fox on this, 
decided that they were going to keep running the ball, and they were keep running the ball on first down or whatever, and they were they were going to stick to this yeah, game. Yeah, they plan. ran it, uh, and they ran it forty something times. And the there was some times against um, when the Broncos lost against the Patriots or whatever. The yeah. offensive line took a beating in the press and, yeah. all, and all that, but they stuck with it. They stuck with the running game, and they decided, and and probably rightfully so, that they need to. In order for Peyton Manning to be good, they need to make him make it so with their, the opposing defense takes away Peyton Manning, which it's possible to do. They have taken away Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. They can remove him from the game plan. Then they're going to be punished on the ground, and which is interesting because I would think most times if you want to increase your chances of winning from a defensive pos- uh, point, point of view, you want to take away the running game and force them to throw right force a team to throw and that's what a lot of teams have done historically to win super bowls is force a team to throw because that way first of all it increases the likelihood of turnovers uh, a throw in a completion is much more difficult to accomplish than a running play so i think that what's happening is the broncos have proven that they can't take away peyton and still win the game. You can't just eliminate the passing game from the Broncos no, and win the game. No, that's fine. The Broncos it, have proven that you do that. Fine. Take away Peyton. Take away the whole passing game. That's all well and good We're against still the Chiefs. going to win the game against... You know. The Chiefs are not a bad team. The, yeah, but they're the not Chiefs good. The Chiefs are not bad. They, what do you mean they're, they're not good? They I mean, are, they're good. They're they a good are right defense. there in the middle. They're, they're in the, right they're, there with the Buffalo Bills. Okay, no, no, I, I would right say they're there. better than the Buffalo Bills. They are destined for 8-8. I'm saying if the Buffalo Bills had to play the Broncos twice a year, they would probably be the same. But having the Chiefs... The Chiefs have been good against the run. And they got annihilated. They've by been good CJ against Anderson. the run. This is this was an offensive line that Mark Schlereth said just a couple of days ago was awful, beyond awful. Well, let's but be. Isn't let's Schlereth be honest. a blowhard? Okay. Yes, he is. But let's be honest with each other, okay? The Broncos weren't running an offense that had was a traditional offensive line. They were running often two tight end sets in that game. We're not talking about... But that's something the Patriots have been doing as well. You know, we're not talking about... You know, the Patriots have been doing it, but Tom Brady does much better when he's a, he's a different quarterback than, than Peyton Manning. We can all agree that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are completely different quarterbacks. Um, Pey, uh, Tom Brady are is much they? more... Extinct, and, and, yeah, he's much more instinctual. Uh, Peyton is very much yeah, a rhythm guy. He yeah. has to have his rhythm. You know, he, that's why he doesn't do well when it, things break down. It's because he is all about precision but and rhythm. I, I did watch that over the weekend, the Patriots-Packers game. I felt like the Patriots lost that game because Brady, they couldn't run the ball against the Packers for much of anything. But also Brady was just a bit off. And that's what Peyton has been the last couple of weeks. He's been just a little bit off. Not, not way off, but just enough to where he's basically ineffective. Well, let's talk about this. Do you think Peyton has – you think the bloom is off the rose? Do you think his arm strength is gone now? Is it – because I've been watching his passes get more duck-like <laughs> yeah. as the weeks have gone on. And there's been, there's been some talk. I've seen some talk about, you know, is Peyton Manning injured and is he playing through something where he can't plant? You know, is it a leg injury? Is he not able to – and I don't know if that's true or not or if that just kind of is – you know, the case of a guy that's old and has a lot of miles, and it's just, you know, you're going to get weeks or well, he is games 30, from him. What, 38? Yeah, I think so, something like that. But you're going to get bad games from him. He's not Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's not 
a guy that's in the prime of his career anymore. He's basically a, a Joe Montana with the Chiefs, right? He's still able yeah. to do a lot of great mm-hmm. things, but you have to have a team around him that's great. And the thing that I liked about that Chiefs game was, yes, they were able to run the ball. C.J. Anderson looks like a, a game-changing back. And I the, like C.J. Anderson. I like him because he's a tougher version of Ronnie Hillman. But I, I also have big questions about the defense. The defense makes really? the Miami Dolphins, who were basically shut out <laughs> this weekend. I mean, they their offense looked awful. I can't remember who the Dolphins played this past weekend. It's probably up here. Jets. Yeah, the Jets made the Dolphins' offense look bad. The Broncos' defense made the Dolphins' offense look spectacular. But the Broncos did shut down the Chiefs, but the Chiefs had injuries on the offensive line. Alex Smith is not a guy that takes chances. Like, that wasn't really a test. The next few weeks when the Broncos play the Bengals, when they have some of these tougher games coming up, who do they play this weekend? Bills. <laughs> yeah. When they play some of the tougher offenses, I'm not going to include the Bills there. But the Bills do scare me from a defensive standpoint. It's going to be a well, tough one. But I don't think I, – I, I, I do think there might be something wrong with Peyton that is not public yet. I, I think there might be – he might be dealing with some kind of nagging injury. Because he has been hit a few times this year below the knees, which I thought was illegal now in the NFL. But the guy's been kind of diving at his legs. Maybe he's got an ankle injury. I don't know. He's fine. He's fine. God, why are you muckraking? Peyton's fine, guys. Peyton <laughs> muckraker. How about, how about Jamal Charles? Ten carries for 35 yards. That's in that incredible, game. right? C.J. Anderson, 32 for 168. I love C.J. Anderson. 32 carries. C.J. Anderson. What did, what did C.J. Anderson have in the um, uh, Dolphins game? Because he had a lot of yards in that one, too. Yeah, that yeah. one too. I think 167. Over yeah, 150 think, in both. I think he I think was 167 and 168. Two weeks in a row, he got an award, like, Offensive Player way, of the Week. And by the way, like that. that doesn't include the passing yardage he's gotten. He actually didn't catch a pass again. Oh, two for 17. He got a touchdown. He got a touchdown yeah. pass. And the Raiders game when he broke that screen pass for, like, 40 yards or whatever. C.G. Anderson also looks kind of like an accountant, not much like a football player. Really? <laughs> I'm not I sure what you mean by that. I will look him up on the his, old. Uh, like he wears one of those machine. green visors. I, just, I watched his post game <laughs> interview and I was like, "This guy is like the next big thing for the Broncos running backs." He looked yeah. more like Orlandis Gary than he did like Terrell Davis, just face wise. I, I, so it's hard to tell what football, what football players look like without their helmets. Yeah, he looks like he works in an office somewhere. <laughs> C.J. Anderson I and Associates. Disagree more. That, I couldn't that, disagree more. That picture, he looks pretty muscle bound. But when you see him, watch. He I'm looks telling like you, spindly. I'm telling you, watch and, his post game interview. He just kind of looked like protector. he was like a guy. You know, it's like this guy's the next big thing. You know like, who looks like an accountant? I, I put a, a lot of weight into faces and last like names. An <laughs> and you know, I like the Anderson part. By the, the way, face concerns me a little. By the way, you guys will be happy. Wes Welker's usage plummeted last week. He was only, uh, I think, it was, yeah, he, I mean, One catch, let's face yards. it, Wes Welker with the, in, you know, the whether using Virgil Green and oftentimes Paul Cornick as a virtual tight end on the other side, double tight end set, uh, that's made Wes Welker basically a lot more expendable because they're not using him as much. We've probably given Welker a hard time kind of, Unnecessarily, because I mean, he is on an offense where he is perhaps the fourth option, fifth option in times. Julius Thomas is there; he's definitely fourth or fifth. 
I, I don't know what you expect from Wes Welker at this point, except for maybe one I or two West catches Welker. a game. I don't like him I mean, as much I as like Brandon him. Stokely, but I, I like him. <laughs> I, still, I still recall the Mile High Sports, I believe it was either James Merrillat, I think it was Merrillat, or Ottawell. One of them wrote an article where they said they thought that Welker should have been cut, the Broncos should have re-signed Decker and signed Sanders. Ugh. That would have been a good receiving Yeah, call. but yeah, Decker's not that great this year, though. It's like, yeah. Well, look who he's playing for, Jeff. Come on, you can say he's not good. He's yeah, got but Geno Smith. I, I don't but know that my, Decker, keeping Decker around would make a difference. Yeah. Here's my thing with Decker. He was a big body. He was a good pass-blocking wide receiver. When the Broncos run those bubble screens, they're not successful this year because they have Welker and Sanders trying to block for DT, and they're not getting the linemen out there. If they had bigger receivers that could get out on those cornerbacks, you'd see more success on those bubble screens. Yeah, but like when that's you, a staple of the Broncos' offense. But that's inter- like it's interesting. You sit there, and I hear you talk about the Nuggets constantly, and you'll say, "Well, that's ridiculous, necessarily, because they have this cap space, and they have, and you know, all the business side of the Nuggets, but you don't ever consider that when you talk about the Broncos. No, they it's like, got, yeah, okay, we could. Broncos are a big market. We should have kept. We should have kept Decker. We should have done all this stuff. We should have." Kept all these players, but you never take into consideration the I, fact that there are there is but I believe financial considerations on the football side, well, the way which they, you seem to understand very much so on the basketball side. The way the article explained it, Welker and Decker's salaries this season were pretty comparable to where you could release Welker and sign Decker and you could be okay. Well, then, I but stand I don't know corrected. About, but I, I don't understand in the NFL. I don't understand salary cap hits well, in and stuff case, like that. Well, in that case, then I agree. You release uh, someone who's still owed money. It's called dead money. It, it hits your cap. Yeah. So it, it's not necessarily true that they could have just released Welker and They would signed. have cap hits at some point. It, it depends on the timing that. of the release and, could they and have whether gotten, it counts against your salary cap. Yeah. And could they have brought in T.J. Ward? Could they have brought in Demarcus Ware if they would have done something like right. that? And that's... Right. That's where I think that they're they're relatively okay as long as Julius Thomas gets healthy. That guy's got to get healthy, man. He'll come back. You know, at this point, now that we beat the Chiefs, we need Julius Thomas in about three weeks. He'll be. I think he'll be back this weekend because he was. I think yeah. he went through maybe, pregame. Maybe this week. What was maybe his injury again? What was what was Julius Thomas' ankle, ankle sprain? But it wasn't a high ankle, and he has ankle problems. But I believe Jeff Legwald reported that this he be went three weeks, right? When he comes back, if, yeah. he, if he comes back this week. But I believe he went through uh, pregame workouts and then decided he couldn't go. But that's a good sign, yeah. you know, that he's able to get out. We there. don't need him against the Bills. We don't need him against the Bengals. The Bengals. 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 The Bengals. Bengals. Let's move on. Bengals are trash. Moving on. Aren't they? We got some nuggets stuff to talk about. Oh, you want to get into some Nuggets basketball? I got a headline or two. Headlines. Here's a headline from November 29th. Oh, hang on. I think uh, John Fox might have been talking about nuggets here. Let me let me see what I got. Take it away, Coach. We don't talk about the Nuggets in Denver. We talk about the Broncos. Broncos football. Dove Valley. Next man up. Well said. Sounded kind of like Jeff Morton, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Was that Coach Fox? Or? I think that was Coach Fox. You better let me, tighten let me that try up. try to play huh? that again. Hold on. Let me see. Here we go. We don't talk about the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, tighten that up. We'll be back next <laughs> week with that. Take, put, let's give that horn. Let's take this horn back. <laughs> Here's a headline here. Uh, November 29th by uh, Christopher Dempsey. Don't call him Chris. Don't call me Chris. Nugget Kenneth Fareed needs a full re- reboot on his game. Why am I not surprised about that? Moving on here, headline. <laughs> December 2nd, Denver Post by Nick Grokey. This is December 2nd. By the way, we haven't done a podcast in two weeks. 
Ugh. This headline tells me nothing has changed. Uh, headline, uh, Nuggets blow lead, fall to Portland on late, Robin Lopez lay-in. Seems like over the last two weeks since the last time we podcasted, the Nuggets are pretty much in the same situation. Am I right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah, uh, they're close. I, mean, I believe they're back to 500. <laughs> moving on. Oh, you still going? Okay. Um, no. All I had were two headlines about the Nuggets being horrible. In the last three days. Well, they're one and one so in the last three the days. The question is, um, are the Nuggets what are we going to do about these Denver Nuggets? They can't <laughs> seem to win a game. <laughs> <laughs> they're back to 500. What are they, 9-9 nine and nine now? 9-9. Uh, nine and 9-9. Nine. Nine and nine. They were 9-8 and eight before yeah. last night's loss. They were. Uh, I, I, I think the Nuggets. Believe it or not, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> The Nuggets, I think, are allowed to experiment this season up until the trade deadline. And my crack theory, I've been having a lot of crack theories. I watched the Broncos Nuggets games. Nuggets are hopeless. I watched the Broncos games with my... Brian uh, Shaw's an idiot. Josh Kroenke's a moron. Tim Connolly's incompetent. <laughs> so says ESPN. <laughs> um, Russ, Russ. Russ, Russ gets all his information from one ESPN article. And I'm, I'm <laughs> two weeks ago, we sat here, and we talked about that article. That is true. We did. And I said that maybe it's a little too early to be ta- discussing how bad the Nuggets are. And I said, is it not possible that this article will help the Nuggets gel? Talking about galvanization? Galvanization. I didn't use the term galvanization. Galvanize. But... Almost immediately, the Nuggets started winning game after game after game to the point now where, and I said this, this article by that Aronovitz guy, would, he, they had to publish it then because a week later it, would have been, it wouldn't have been good because well, that article is only published okay. when the Nuggets are down. But now they're back up to the middle. I may or may not. Back up to the middle. I may or may not have asked Ty Lawson what the turnaround was, and he may or may not have said when Ross Martin <laughs> talked on the CSG podcast about how this could, quote unquote, or paraphrasing, galvanize the team. I think he galvanized the team. And I was like, hey, Ty, I think you're well, right. No, no, no. That may or may not have happened. But in all I'm seriousness, not, but. in all seriousness, <laughs> did you ask him about reading that article? Not what I said, but that article. Uh, I, I haven't seen the team. Talked to yeah. <laughs> I've been able to get there. Nate Nate doesn't actually cover the Nuggets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's horse bucky. Nate's right. trying to pay bills. <laughs> Nate's, Nate's clearly, got other clearly that had an effect. I, right? I, I asked uh, who it, did it's, I that, ask about it's that it's that it's 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 that uh, you know like that saying or whatever. You can I can talk shit about my brother or my best friend, but you can't talk shit about him. It's like. I can talk shit about Brian Shaw as a player, and Brian Shaw can talk shit about his players. But then some jerk off from you know Connecticut talk shit about us. <laughs> now we're all on the same side. Well, it's, it and w- then that did galv- did it not galvanize it, the team? I will tell you, there was multiple galvanizations. I don't know if it was the article or if it was the Nuggets getting beat eighty four to fifty and a half. It was the article, and then having sure. a, uh, having a come to uh, come to Jesus moment. It was, Either it was, in the locker room at halftime of that game Jesus or after Shuttlesworth that game. moment. <laughs> I guarantee you these guys were like, who cares about the Nuggets? Nobody cares about the Nuggets. We well, all suck. You know we all hate our coach. We all hate each other. We don't like playing here. Oh, my God. We just got recognized by ESPN for bad things. Now we have to start playing. Yeah. And didn't it prove these players are actually good enough, but they're shallow enough to like let that affect them? It could be. I mean, listen. No. I, 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 <laughs> 
the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. <laughs> you totally said a true. lot of ridiculous shit on Nate, this podcast. Nate, you take this. <laughs> I'll follow up with you, but you take this. The, the thing that galvanized the team was getting beat down by the Blazers, eighty-four to fifty, and having and a half, and having I don't. By know. the way, fifty points and a half is not bad, right? Fifty is not bad. Eighty-four is even worse. <laughs> but is that, was that literally a half? Half. 84 to 50? 84 yeah. to 50. 50 is pretty good. 50 is not bad. That's 25 a quarter. You're doing okay. That's pretty good. You go 25 plus, you're okay. But there was... there That's was. Good, man. I, happy with that, Pat, Pat, Pat. I maintain that there was something that happened during halftime of that game. Again, I wrote that article. The team didn't come back out. They didn't take warm-up shots until the second half was about to start. Aaron Aflalo, by Brian Shaw's admission, didn't want to go back into the game for... Reasons that I think are uh, tomfoolery of what Brian Shaw said. He didn't want to go back in because of, you know, he thought the second unit was playing well, whatever. Something happened during halftime and something happened after that game. Something happened the next day that brought this team closer together. And, and once again. The article had nothing to do with it. No. And once again. Because the article didn't come out until, what, three days later? Yeah, something yeah. like that. But. Something happened with that team, and something happened with Brian Shaw, too. Brian Shaw, immediately after that game, changed the offense, changed his rotations, and now we're starting to see him tinker again. He's starting to tinker with the rotations. In a bad way? In a bad way, and it's it caused the Nuggets to cough to up a 20-point lead against the Jazz, but still win. And then it they... caused them to cough up a lead against the Blazers and lose. And Brian Shaw's got to start learning from his mistakes. He's a he's a young coach. We can't. I he's think not people, a young coach. He hasn't a been the head, head coach. Yeah, but he's not. He's been coaching for a long time. And so the, he's a young head coach. But here's yeah. a here's another thing that if I, he starts over at zero when he becomes a head coach, he's a young coach. He's not a young coach. But here's something that we're young head coach. Something that Jeff and I've talked about with, with Brian Shaw is he's got to. How how is a former as a former player and as a guy that's been an assistant for years? How do you not realize when things are starting to go bad during a game that you need to change things up? And that's kind of been his problem thus far as he hasn't been able to adjust to the flow of the game, which is concerning. And he's also relying on trust players a little bit too much. Well, I I think that one of the the, the problems he's had. Was Did you see that baby crying? Yeah. yeah, there's a baby in here. <laughs> it's, right, it's right there. I see it. I see it. Um, one of the problems that people have had with Brian Shaw is that he seems to have a not a, a solid grasp on the momentum and feel of a game. He reacts extremely late to things. Didn't George Carl have the same? George Carl had it, but George, at least you knew, was doing it being at least creative or writing his trust guys. But we also see a you lot know. of teams come back from being down. All right, let's put it this way. If you're a gambler, if you see a, the Nuggets are up 50 to, 20, 50 to 30 at the half, you should gamble on the team that's down to win the second half. Because most times in the NBA, a team's not going to win by 20-plus points. You're going to see the other team go on a run. We talk about it all the time. If you're down 10, that lead can get erased fast. So I don't, it's not exclusive to Brian Shaw. So Shaw. what you're saying is it's if, not if exclusive you're winning by 20 at the half, you're not going to win by 40 at the end of the game. Is that what you're saying? Right. 
in, yeah. in probably nine out of ten times. Probably not. You're right. Yeah. So there has to be an understanding amongst fans and, and, and amongst media and amongst you know myself that this problem isn't exclusive to Brian Shaw and George Carl. It's it's a, it's just the way the game goes. I think to a degree. Well, no, but let's let's not let Brian Shaw off the hook here, because let's let's take a step back and say, all right, you, there are things that you can see that the Nuggets do that are like will immediately translate to what you see on the court i.e. one of them over-reliance on J.J. Hickson. The J.J. Hickson thing's been atrocious. And that that thing will come back. And every Nuggets fan who's ever watched the game, it's kind of like the same thing with Andre over-reliance on Andre Miller that George Carl had. Well, if you're going to ride someone, as I say, like a circus elephant, to the point where they are, you know, beyond their point of effectiveness, he did that also with Ty Lawson last night, what happens at the end is that you have a tired team with not the right mix of lineup that basically has nothing. And what happened with the Nuggets is that, that how they lost the game is that you saw a team that was exhausted that just kind of was... Ty, Ty Lawson shot a wide-open three-pointer, and it just barely grazed the front of the rim and bounced back. I mean, he, was, he looked visibly like he was at his, on his last legs. He wasn't even subbed out of the game through most of the third quarter. And most of that has to do with the fact that the Nuggets don't trust their backup point guards. But there you go. So you're in that situation, and you have J.J. Hickson playing backup 31 minutes. point guard at the moment. Guard, just yeah. Nate Robinson. Yeah, Nate Robinson. <laughs> Who is not long for this team, I don't think. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there, there were some issues that cropped back up. Poor Nate. And what worries me is last year the Nuggets went through these streaks where they would win six, lose six. Win eight, lose seven. And it was always the schizophrenic thing with Brian Shaw. And what was the record under George? It was like they didn't lose three games in a row for like two and a half years or yeah, three was, and a half years yeah. or something ridiculous. It was some ridiculous streak, and they, they were able to be consistent. Well, good thing they fired him. <laughs> but there's this, this wild Oh, we're back to that swing. now, Ross. <laughs> Why are you bringing up old shit? There's just this wild you're, swing. You're like Max's girlfriend. <laughs> Keep bringing up that old shit. So, Ross, based on this, I mean, what, what, what have you seen? Oh. Ross, Ross Martin, what have you seen? That's what, uh, what have I seen? I have seen pretty much exactly what you would expect from this team that we all expected at the beginning of the year. We all expected at the end of last year, looking forward to this year, is about a 500 team. That's well, that, about it. And that's where... And, and what you're going to see then when you have a 500 team is you're going to see them win some and lose some. <laughs> well, Ross, Ross hit the nail on the head there. The Nuggets, to me, the Nuggets have a deadline, and that's the trade deadline to decide. Which is in what February? February. That it's got to be before. It's got to be the, like what? No, no. First, it, of, it, the first of the year. No, doesn't have to be. They can decide what their fate is as a team by the trade deadline. Well, Linate, before you continue, one thing that has been pretty dramatically escalating. Dramatically essayed to us the last two games is that JaVale McGee has been cleared to play since he was injured. Uh, he was given full clearance. I was assured last night he's perfectly healthy. He has not got off the bench at all the last two games. Not not they didn't even look at him last night. And this was this was a Nuggets team that uh, was struggling defensively, especially inside, and a team that Brian Shaw has 
He said during the preseason, whether it was just to try to build confidence or not, JaVale McGee is ahead of Timothy Mozgov on the defensive end. If that's true, why wasn't he out there on the last play when you knew what the play was and they were going to feed Robin Lopez inside and you had perhaps one of the worst defenders in the NBA covering Robin Lopez and J.J. Hickson? Were you trying to lose the game with having the worst defender covering a, a guy inside that clearly outsized them? Or are you not playing JaVale for, is there a reason? Like, we don't know. But I, 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 just, I think that this team has until the trade deadline to decide, are we moving forward with this unit? Are they going to be good enough to move forward? Or do we need to blow this thing up? Because, frankly, you can't be a middle-of-the-road Atlanta Hawks team in Denver because, as Jeff witnessed last night, and if I've seen the games this year, the attendance is not there. Oh, the attendance was awful last night they announced 12,000 there wasn't 12,000 in that arena it couldn't have been more than 8,000 people there if that and it might pick up after Broncos season maybe by a thousand maybe people. probably not but people in Denver are not going to support a poor basketball well, team that's you, not fun to watch even more than that and, and Nate just pointed that out Denver does, and one of the reasons that the Nuggets have survived in Denver for 47 48 years is the fact that they've always been entertaining you know they've been entertaining throughout their history because they ran a fast, entertaining style. So the but people, they, the stragglers, would been, come in. They've been successful too, been, but I mean, there have been years. There have been several years where the Nuggets were not entertaining. Well, yeah, the late nineties. And by the way, and by the way, they didn't get a lot of fan support. Yeah, the late nineties is terrible. But but the bottom line is, I like say the, the entire nineties, even Nuggets that ninety three, ninety four team. Were they, were, did they have big attendance? Uh, no, but they did the next year. 500 team. They did next year. 90, yeah. 95, 94, 94, 95 team. They actually uh, were like top third of the league in attendance that year. So. so you think that when you say by the trade deadline, what you're really saying is the Nuggets have to make a trade in order to decide whether or not they're going to... I agree with Nate there. No, is that what you're I, saying? I, I, is that, think, I mean, is that what you're saying? No, you decide if like, you Like, why are, is the tread dead, deadline the date that you picked? Because I, th- I think that this team needs to decide if they are going to trudge forward and try to be a playoff team or if they want to try to build something for the future. I, I just, you know, since Carmelo was traded, I've been battling with this and thinking, you know, what are they, what are they, what are they trying to accomplish? They're trying to build off what they had after Carmelo got traded, which was a lot of young guys that were pretty good that might get better if they added a guy or two. They're at the point now where these young guys that they had, Ty Lawson, Gallo, Chandler, McGee. <laughs> are all old. They're getting older. They're getting to that age 27 where your wing players kind of start to you know, come back to earth a little bit. They're getting to the point where they're going to be out of their prime. So do you push forward or do you, do you go somewhere else? It's a good question. It's a good question. You know, do you... Do you decide at the trade deadline that you got to trade Ty Lawson, that you got to trade Kenneth Freed, some of these high-priced guys, or do you try to trudge forward? Oh, say hi, Andy. Andy Feinstein just hopped in. I brought Christmas presents for Nate and yeah, Jeff. There we go. Oh, oh I like this. <laughs> I like slick. this. Ross, check that out. New business cards for the We got Stiffs. new business cards. Oh, my God. Oh, I like wow, that, too. It's hologram. You like that hologram yeah. in the back? It's flashy. Good Pretty job, Andy. Destination a, for... Yeah. Denver Nuggets fans the worldwide. Whole All right. Thank you, bud. Thank you, bud. Good to see you, Andy. Good to see you. <laughs> to see you. I know. Hey, I know. I've not been a very present member. You know, of the, Andy, uh, we were just talking about threesome. 
What do you think the Nuggets need to make a trade before the deadline? Well, it depends on what your objective is. Is your objective to make the playoffs or is your objective to make a really high lottery pick? And I think you've got to wait 15 more games to, see, to get that answer. I think last night proved why I'm unfortunately going to be right in my prediction of the Nuggets being ninth in the conference and maybe worse, <laughs> and why you guys predicting them fifth or sixth is wrong. And you, ha- you have to win own. games like that if you're going to make the playoffs in the West. And if you, you know, yes, the Nuggets are playing on a back-to-back, but when you're up against a division rival, and what scares me about the West is the teams that everyone said, don't worry about them, uh-huh. Memphis, remember yeah. this conversation we had? Memphis, Portland, Portland. Houston, Golden yeah. State. Well, yeah. guess who the top four are? Oklahoma <laughs> <laughs> City just got Kevin Durant back. <laughs> yeah. So I and think that Westbrook. Westbrook. my gut feel is 15 games from now, if I was – if you would welcome me back on the show, <laughs> we would probably be talking about a trade that sends them into the lottery and retools for the future. It could be. And it could very well be. I, 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 I'm thinking right now they think they want to win, though, and that's the problem. And, you know, you got, if you're going to make a, a trade to win, what are you going to do? How are you feeling about Wh- the team recently the past two weeks? Is it- I mean, I'm pumped. At, oh, sorry. I've been... <laughs> <Thanks for laughs> Ross just checked out of the podcast completely. Oh, do you like the new artwork on the wall? Oh, we do. I was. Just, that's David Thompson, right over there. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's Spencer Hayward. Oh, Spencer that's, Hayward. That's Denver Rockets. Look at the shorts. I'm still. Oh that, wow, yeah. I already that's said I'm going to take that with me. Yeah, tonight, that's so. old school. You guys see the one of uh, Julie serving on the Virginia Squires uh, on the other side of the room. It's really yeah. cool. Um, uh, We're talking about new artwork yeah, here. Jake's no. Food Spirits. <laughs> new artwork. Thirty hundred uh, walnuts. Yeah. Look, you guys read it. I didn't hit the publish button. When they were one and six, I had a calm ready to go about you know what's basically the de- the demise of Brian Shaw. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. a Woody Page type column where I think Woody really got over his skis and yeah. and basically and look we all like Brian personally and it wasn't that type of a column. It was more of a you know at some point you are what your record says you are type of column. Um, thank God I didn't hit the publish button. Uh, they went on to win what eight of eleven since then. Yeah, I think so. Would have been nine out of eleven had they won last night. So you can't sneer at that again. If you're, if you're no, already, no. you can't sneer at that. The rotation's gotten tighter. Afalo's playing better. Lawson's playing better. Gallo, your boy, yeah. is playing better. Um, <laughs> so you can't help, you can't help but be optimistic about it. It's not like they've played crummy teams. I mean, they've played a diversity of interesting teams and good, bad, and the ugly. But you know, the hybrid of the Utah game and the Portland game, I fear shows us who they really are, which is a ninth seed or a tenth seed. So yeah, how excited can you get about a ninth I, or a tenth I was seed? left with a bad taste in my mouth from those two games. It just it bothered me. I, I didn't like the way they handled the game, and it just didn't seem to me like a team that was going to succeed. You know what the problem is? They don't have the uh, put-your-foot-on-the-throat mentality. No, they don't. And that's concerning. And mm-hmm. if you look at the successful Nuggets team of yesteryear, meaning not that long ago, yeah, say what you want about Carmelo and Chauncey and Kmart and those guys. They had a killer instinct. I mean, when they had a chance to put their foot on your throat, they did it. And this team doesn't have that, and I worry that it emanates from the bench down. Uh, the Nuggets had it with the 57-win team, though. They used to come right. out in second halves and just beat the shit out of teams. Well, I still wonder why, and I wrote this early on, why, you know, I, I think the, the, the shorter rotation is a great idea, but I, when I, here's the complaint I'm hearing from a lot of Nuggets fans. I would love to hear your guys' perspective. What I'm hearing is there's not a lot of energy coming off the bench. And, and, and people are starting to openly question, why is Kenneth Fareed starting? Why doesn't he come in as your sixth or seventh man as part of like a second wave of energy? And uh, you, you know he, why, Andy? They why? have real, no real point guard on the second, the second unit. They, they have Nate Robinson, who's not a point guard, no. running point. They have no energy on the second unit, and that's why 
there's it's like so listless. It's like this plodding continuation of what they're running in the first unit, which is a lot of high pick and roll, which is a lot of they horns love their high pick and roll. <laughs> God, they yeah. ran high pick and roll about fifty times yeah. in that last game. It, it drove me to the point where I was like in the press box, wanting to throw my MacBook in to the court to see if I could hit someone. But that's that's the offense, right? It's it's Ty Lawson. Here's the ball. Go make the best of it, bud. But look, yeah. I, I think I think we owe. Uh, oh, is the wrong word. Give Josh Kroenke and Tim Connolly this one thing, which is they went into the last two years, the last two offseasons, and said, we're not going to suck. I'm sorry. We're not going to do that to our fans. Tim has talked openly about how he thinks what Philly is doing is a disservice to the fans, and we are the fans. And yep. they basically went into two seasons in a row, two offseasons in a row and said, we are going to retool on the fly, and we are going to be competitive. It's just really hard to do. It's Especially just really hard to do. Especially in the West. Especially in the West, yeah. And that's where it starts to become where fans are like, you know, maybe they want that playoff push, but at the same time, fans don't want to finish with the 14th lottery pick. They want the first one. We don't want Doug McDermott again. Yeah, no, they want. No, no. They want you know these uh, Okafor or this kid that's playing in China. Madeira, I tell you what, you though. Know? I tell you what, though. Or the everything I've five seen, of Kentucky. Everything I've yeah. seen about this uh, Jokic kid, the Nuggets were really high on him at the draft. He looks like a, could be the steal of that draft. Second round pick, no non-guaranteed contract, but it's tearing things up. Now it's Europe, obviously, but uh, obviously there's that aspect of the Nuggets' future that's there. But what the problem is is that they're going to be even stuck next year unless they make a trade because they still have contracts on the books for next year. So it's like, what can actually can they do? Or they're a really year? poor facsimile of the Spurs, yeah. right? Uh, with uh, Laverne yeah. and Nurkic and uh, Gallinari and yeah. and Jokic and <clears throat> Sergio Luol is still available. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I were you know I always said the Nuggets have to gamble on these guys. That's fine, but. I don't know what to make of it all. I, I just I don't know what to say. It, it's been it's, it's ridiculous. What an interesting season is what I you know. Yeah. And, and, and look, give them how many NBA teams have said I just won eight out of my last eleven? You know, other than Memphis, maybe not I pick, many. I picked Memphis to finish second, by the way. Oh, you did. Oh, well, good for you. I think our <laughs> other. I think our look colleagues. Look at Nate. Lottie I think our colleagues <laughs> had him sinking to the bottom. I had him seven or eight. I had the Nuggets six, so I'm not a genius. But I didn't think the Vince Carter pickup was going to be that good because I thought there's basically Vince Carter's a corpse at this point. I think but, he is a corpse. I think yeah. I think that Zach Randolph and Pau- and uh, Marcus All. Uh, Marcus Holt's playing like an MVP. But they're playing old school. Yeah. They're basically, we're going to play the four and the five are the two most important guys on the floor, and we're going to play old school. Well, well, when I was lucky enough to go to the All-Star game last year, there was two writers there from Mavs Moneyball that just raved about how great Vince Carter was. Really? And even even Matt Moore loved Vince Carter with the Mavs and really liked the signing. So I, I, I gave that hope because Vince really did, in watching Mavs games, he transformed himself into a different player, which... You know, a guy like Derrick Rose might have to do it at some point in time here soon. And that, that Gallinari is being asked to do right now for the Nuggets, which I think is foolish, is, you know, kind of retool yourself as a six-man. But, you know. Oh, he's not even the six-man. He's like the tenth man. But <laughs> yeah. um, what do you but think I, and I think he should start, and they should bring Farid off the bench. Yeah. Go ahead, Nate. What are you going to say? I was going to ask you what you, what you think of, of J.J. Hickson's role with the team and, and especially of Danilo Gallinari's role on the team thus far. At least I, I actually like the way they're handling Gallinari. I, I think that he should start, but I don't. I don't mind him getting the twenty-minute cap per game or whatever it is that they're they're doing. I, you know, let let him walk before he runs, so to speak. He's been it. off. He's been off that for like two weeks now. Right. 
So oh, off the minute restriction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He looks better. I think he's looking incrementally he's, he better. He looks. He looks a lot better. He looked a lot better last night. But they're not playing yeah. him in high leverage situations anymore either. JJ Hickson's like, weird for me. He's he's been a loser everywhere he's been. It's almost like every team he touches sucks. Unless I mean, they took him off of Portland. They replaced him with Robin Lopez, and they won like fifty something games and got to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, but I mean, he oh, Hickson to me seems like he works hard and he hustles and he yeah. you know what's wrong with ten and ten off the bench? Do you play him at center? Or do you play him at power forward? Uh, I'll give you the political answer. It depends on who you're playing. If you're playing. Uh, who's a good tall team out Robin there? Lopez. If yeah, you're playing if you're, Robin if you're Lopez. playing Robin Lopez, it's one thing. But if you're playing Marcus Gasol, you may want JaVale McGee to mix it up with him. I, well, yeah, I, I, listen. But, I mean, Robin Lopez just kicked his ass last night. And, and, and that's the problem is that, is that is that much like um, our buddy Brian Shaw. Yeah, our buddy. Our, our buddy, not Brian, Brian Shaw. Our buddy George Carl. There's a reliance on J.J. Hickson. There's a reliance on Randy Foy. There is there is the, the the trust guys with Brian Shaw, so it's like he loves Darrell Arthur. He loves Darrell Arthur, but he loves thirty eight percent shooting. He loves JJ Hickson. He <laughs> always talks about JJ Hickson. JJ Hickson had eleven points, eight rebounds, and had a minus twelve. I know last night, and it was like okay, I, I, yeah, a line but, that would make Colin Nielsen proud. <laughs> you guys got it. Was, it was horrible. What about Fareed? Do you think Fareed's long for the team? He looks like he's almost being phased out of. He's phased out completely at crunch time. Oh, I think I said this the day they signed him. They signed him to trade him. It felt like it, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. It felt like it. Didn't didn't you think that? Oh my God! It's just you and me, Mandy. Yeah, <laughs> they all left. But didn't you think that then, in, in a sense, that there is a the Nuggets are at a point where they have to make a decision soon? Because I can't, I don't, I don't think they can even wait till the trade deadline. Because right now the season is what it is, I think, and they have to make a decision. Meaning, what, what they they're a five hundred team. Well, say like, look at this, um, Javale McGee. I was assured, assured yesterday multiple times that Javale's fine, that that he has no lingering issues from the tibia soreness. He's ready to go. And why is he playing? They didn't even look at him, even look at him to come in the game. So. If they're not looking at him to come in the game, what does that mean? The conspiracy theorist in me, and obviously I think you two and Nate, would be like, well, maybe they're working on a trade. Well, that would be my most if natural they're inclination. they on a trade, wouldn't they showcase him? That's what I would think, but maybe they're afraid that he'll get the tibia yeah. soreness again, and yeah. that'll happen. That's what my, I'm thinking, but at the same time, they're, they're devaluing some other players at the same time. I mean, to... I wish that they wouldn't keep Hickson. Hickson drives me to distraction. But if they're going to overuse him, use him in the right spots. Don't play him at the end of games. Don't don't just beat him into the ground like they've been doing. You know, I just I just it just bothers the crap out of me, and I I don't know what that that's the part of Brian Shaw that bothers me. This is that I'm not entirely sure he knows well, what every, he's every, doing. In, you in know? defense of Brian Shaw, and then I'm going to run and hand the mic back to Ross. Oh. In defense of Brian Shaw, every every <laughs> every coach every coach has their trust guys. And we picked on George because it was Corey Brewer and it was Andre Miller. Andre Miller. They won 57 games with Corey and Costa Cufos, and they won 57 games with those Yahoos. So, um, you know, Brian's got his trust guys, and uh, I wish instead of Darrell Arthur, I wish it was, I wish it was Yusuf Nurkic. Me instead too. of Nate Robinson, I think I wish it was Gary Harris. Or Eric Green, even. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to get to Gary. And, and then, yeah, and, and, and instead of uh, Darrell Arthur, I think I wish it was J.J. Hickson, contrary yeah. to what you're saying. Really? So, yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry. I said, yeah, I said Darrell Arthur, which was Yusuf Nurkic. But, you know, McGee, 
Yeah, that's a good conspiracy. You're, you're good at the conspiracy theories. So I know. We'll I'm very good at this. But he's very tradable. <laughs> Don't forget, McGee's actually very tradable. Uh, we've been assured so. that several anyway, times. Anyway, thanks yeah. for letting me crash the podcast. No problem, man. I love you guys. Enjoy your Christmas present. Oh, thank yeah, you. That's definitely. very good. Thank you. Christmas for, came for, early this a year. nice Christmas present. Or we'll be able to... And now uh, when we're at the Pepsi Center, people say, what the hell? What are you talking about? What site? You got something you can hand them. We can build up our readership. I'll be like, boom, mother... Yeah. <laughs> we, can build, we can build up our readership. <laughs> um, but I will see you guys before Christmas, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. No, we'll, we'll see you. And, I got you uh, some socks so. for Hanukkah. Did you really? Yeah. A I Hanukkah so. socks? They look like a menorah. So it's all right, good. <laughs> I love menorah socks. Um, all right, guys. Well, keep it up. I appreciate it. And uh, I will talk to you all soon. All right. See you, Andy. Right. Andy, jumping in. Guest pod. Awesome. Good to see you, man. Jake's Fine Foods, best place in town. I'll tell yeah. you that much. We're down here, Jake's. We, we've been talking forever, guys. We got, we got to get out of here. Let's, let's wrap it up. Huh? Let's wrap this thing up. Let's get out of here. Andy, thanks for joining us. Jake's Food and Spirits. Guys, anything last to say? Um, light the menorah. Go Broncos. Go Nuggets. Nuggets. <laughs> Nuggets, make a decision at some point, would you? Come on. Make a decision, <laughs> please. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.